going to share with you uh, just a couple of things, and then we are going to lean in and take in a documentary that our team has been working on for quite some time. It's a documentary um, about our time that was spent in Nepal. Um, we're nine kingdom leaders from all across the globe came together um, on a journey to change the world. I mean, at bottom line, that's it was incredible meeting these people. I didn't know most of them on this journey that nine people saying, hey, we genuinely believe Jesus when he says, I want you to take my gospel to the ends of the earth to transform the world in the name of Jesus and to do that by starting new churches. And so uh, a team gathered and said, let's raise money to start new churches. And so this documentary kind of shows some of that journey with you. And so uh, my prayer is that throughout this documentary, uh, God will be stirring in your hearts as we talk about starting new churches and as we talk about changing the world for the king. So Jesus, um, speak through each one of the voices in this documentary. Um, Share your boldness and let it stir and convict and challenge and motivate our hearts. We love you and we need you. Amen. And you don't understand his goodness until you've been stripped of so much. <laughs> yeah. take for granted so much you don't understand how good he is as a father in the spring of 2022 nine kingdom leaders from all over the u.s including myself converged on the understated country of nepal with china to the north and india to the south many on the team started out as strangers but with a singular mindset to trek 96 miles round trip to everest base camp with an audacious goal of raising $500,000 to plant churches that will care for children all over the world. draw cards and it prompts you to talk about the year that's passed and the year that's coming up. And uh, during the round where we talk about what's coming up in the next year, the, uh, the card said, what are you going to challenge yourself to do in the next year? And I said, I'm going to go climb a mountain. So I've done a couple other kind of adventure things with Greg. And when he pitched the idea of this Everest, um, I just thought, this is way over my head. I like, I hardly even hike. I don't know where that came from. I've never talked about it before in my entire life, but that's the answer that came out. The only person I knew that had any mountaineering experience was Greg Nettle. I'm tired of a little bald. Yeah, getting ready to find the most dangerous airport in the world. world. I feel good about this. It's a small plan. I packed your shoes. <laughs> Do you trust me? With my life, John, as you know, we've yeah. done that before. We so. have. I'm ready. I'm good. You know. I have. 
I've reconciled. To live is Everest, to die is to be with Jesus. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice spin. Yeah. Nice spin. Just think how much closer you'll be. Yeah. Short right. journey. Yeah. Short journey. Short journey, right? Short the journey to Jesus. Short journey. Well, when I heard there was an opportunity to come to Nepal and go to base camp, I was pretty excited. Uh, and with that, raise money for kids. So combining, you know, kingdom work with adventure was completely down my alley. We, we really just want to raise the level of awareness out of our church about church planting and the need for that. So this gave an opportunity to really give voice to it. Uh, to raise those funds, to talk about it, to get excited about it. And um, so, so that, that has been fantastic for us to be able to do that. Well, church planning, I think there's nothing. To me, it's essential to being a Christian because it's the Great Commission and it's what God has asked us to do, to go to the ends of the earth. And so I don't see life without doing that. I don't understand a Christian faith without uh, making sure that everybody has the opportunity here. Between what and yak? A bull and a yak. Bull. A bull and a yak. A bull? A bull? A beef? Like a cow? Cow? Yeah, cow. Why? Because to make a better heartbeat. Okay. So the female is good for... Freedom of conscience is the agency within a person to be able to choose what they believe. And there are millions, hundreds of millions of people around the world that don't have freedom of conscience. And so I see that as one of the greatest injustices in the world is that they don't, they've never even heard that they have a choice and they don't even know what the choices are in terms of choosing what they believe. Church planning is just a natural extension of, of that. I knew that I couldn't just go on the trek. I knew that if I was going to be ready for this trek physically, I would have to uh, spend some time, you know, working out, doing some biking, some hiking, uh, some uh, preparation, and all of this at sea level. You know, Washington, Illinois, flat. So however well prepared I am, we arrive up at Luckler at nine, 10,000 feet, and then just keep going up from there. Uh, right before this climb, I, you know, was training and Kelly, my wife and I were training together and because she wanted to make sure I was in good enough shape to do this. And so one of the things we did is we trained for a half marathon and we ran a half marathon and I had never done that. And, and that was extremely challenging. But I'll tell you what, I would rather run half marathons weekends in a row than 15 days of trekking through the Himalayas at altitude. Prepping to just physically. I mean, there's a lot of prep physically for this. There's a lot of prep mentally for this. Like, I've never trekked like anything like this. It was like zero to 60 for me. So preparing yourself for that and even just your family for a while you're gone. And then you get here. <laughs> and then you have days and days on end where you walk and you walk and you hike and you hike and you trek and trek, step after step after step. What do you think the elevation is where the snow is right there? About 13,000. 13? Yeah. 
Is that roughly where you start to see the snow? Yeah, no. No. More than that, but that is, the location is a north facing slope. Okay. So north facing slope is always a... Oh, it's gonna get cold. cold, yeah. yeah. They don't get much sun okay. on this side. Everybody, we are uh, on day one, just kind of getting our bodies used to hiking at altitude, and we're roughly around 10,000 feet right now. And, and just starting to feel it in different ways. Feeling good though, but uh, everybody's doing well. Uh, we got wild dogs following us, which is pretty cool. Uh, this is our first bridge, a suspension bridge we're gonna go across. It's a pretty incredible day. It's pretty good stuff. So I grew up in a really healthy church. Um, my dad was a pastor, so I was a PK, a pastor's kid, and I fell in love with the church. And you have Jesus, hope, and his love, and you know that he is always with you. It's just a different way that you experience life. And so that's why I want every child to have a church. Um, that's why every child deserves to have a church. Every person deserves to have a church. When you plant a church in a community, it, it not only provides shelter, a place where they can go to get out of the, the wind, to get out of the rain, but also it can be a place where the gospel is shared. You know, with us doing this, you know, we're able to plant churches and have you know, thousands of children hear the gospel and hopefully uh, come to know the Lord. Hey everyone, so we are on the trail right now. That is a, a double decker, that's a high bridge, suspension bridge, we're gonna go across here soon. We're on our way to an area called Namche Bazaar and on our way to Everest Base Camp. And uh, man, everybody's doing great. The team is great, they're healthy. Uh, and I love every step of the way getting here. The stories of why everyone's doing this trek is because everyone here believes in making disciples and make disciples around the world. For much of the trek, the team was able to connect with and learn from the people of Nepal. The Sherpas were instrumental in providing perspective and context into the diverse and historic Nepalese culture. And while the villages along the trek are primitive and very difficult to reach, there is a beauty and a joy in the people. With the majority of the villages practicing Buddhism, there is a deep gratitude for the mountains themselves and the source of income and blessings that come from trekking and mountaineering for the Sherpas and porters that come from the surrounding villages. It's been proven that new churches are the most effective way of reaching people. And so starting and planting new churches is the most effective way to reach people. And if there ends up being a different method at some point, then we should change. But that's not. That there, it's, it's planting new churches. Um, so that is why I think starting new churches for the next generation um, really, really matters and why I commit my life to it. It wasn't a question of should we invest into church planting or is that a viable option for expanding the gospel? It was the option. It wasn't something new or in addition to, it was just what you did. And so as I then grew, uh, both as a disciple then and as a leader within the church and started to uh, end up leading a church of my own. And it became clear of how do we plant or come alongside other churches and help plant or start new churches both regionally um, throughout the Midwest and around the world. He's been working on me for several years when it comes to the plight of women and children in our, in our culture in the U.S. and just how much 
abuse and neglect and hopelessness there is in the United States of America. And then I started to apply that same thing to the kids that I sponsor through Compassion International. Marginalized people who are taken advantage of breaks my heart and it just gets that justice gene going inside of me. The other um, thing that breaks my heart is marginalized and oppressed women. Um, I've gotten an opportunity to be um, a part of different church planting projects and stuff all over the world and a lot in impoverished areas um, where there are just a lot there's a lot of oppression on women and women who have no idea like no one is telling them their worth. I didn't realize that compassion needed a local church to operate through to be able to provide the assistance that compassion gives these kids and so I talked to Greg about it I'm like is this is this true like is part of Stadia's mission is to plant churches so that compassion can come in behind and provide the education and all, all the medical and spiritual help that I know compassion does for these kids. And he said, yes. And that's what got me excited about coming on the trip. It was like, okay, now it's not about me anymore. When, when we talk about Stadia, for which I have the absolute privilege of serving as president, that's really what Stadia is. We're the guides. Um, yeah. You know, we, we last year we helped start 456 new churches around the world and th throughout the United States, which is a yay God. But just to be honest with you, it's just a drop in the bucket. Right. Uh, we've got to 10x that. Right. But our job is to help you yep. start new churches. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true, each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold, and they are sweeter than honey. Made it to 14,000 feet, a day hike to acclimate. This is very windy. It's getting quite cold. But the views make it worth it. Got a little bit of Everest peeking out back there. Mountains all around. Quite challenging though. What are you thinking about when you're hiking? Right now, how small I am. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> You can't look around here without feeling insignificant. Yeah. It's amazing. We've been moving pretty slowly up here. It's kind of crazy how much ground you can cover and elevation you can gain when you move slowly. Because the old saying is, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Um, when you try to go too fast, you end up making mistakes, you end up getting ill, you end up leaving others behind, the team breaks up. And so that's a very dangerous thing. You have to set a good pace, you have to keep moving, take appropriate breaks, but the idea is to get the team to the top. It's not the first one to the top wins. As a leader, when we get the whole team to the top, that's the win. 
Um, Father, as money continues to come in, we just pray that it will exceed our wildest expectations to help start new, thriving, growing, multiplying churches for the next generation. At over 17,000 feet in altitude, half of the normal amount of oxygen is available, making every step incredibly difficult. This strain on our lungs forces our bodies to fight to adapt and survive. Altitude sickness can set in quickly and lead to severe issues in the lungs and brain unless treated rapidly. Our expert Sherpas and guides are critical on a long-term trek as they pay close attention to the team's diet, pace of trekking, and any early signs of sickness. We're at 16,000 feet. Woo! Andrea, nothing makes the climb go quicker than sharing stories. True. <laughs> and it's been a grind, man. Fundraising has been a grind. This trip has been a grind. A lot more work than I was anticipating. But what keeps me going is the thought that there are kids like my grandson that don't have hope and love and protection and a safe place to be. I mean, there are kids across the world that don't know what a, what a loving embrace looks like. That crushes me. That is inexcusable. So that's why I'm on this trip, and that's why every day when I'm ready to quit, I just think of Kellen and I say, nope, I got to keep going. If I'm honest, if I'd done this by myself, I think it would have been a lot harder. But having the group of us together, the nine of us together, there was just this sense of community and camaraderie. And you know, when one person was struggling, the others would kind of pull them up and lift them up and encourage them. And, and, and all of us needed that encouragement at some point during the trek. Yeah, it was incredibly challenging. I mean, when I look back on the miles we've walked and the altitudes we've gained, I wouldn't do this without a group of people, um, but having a group of people that are so like-minded and understanding about uh, the meaning and purpose of our life as Christians and why we are here, it just helps link us together in our heart and soul. I'm standing in a place that's a bit somber and it is a basically a memorial for previous climbers who have summited or attempted to summit Mount Everest. And each one of these stone rock structures represents the climber who then died on the mountain. Every climber that goes up to base camp or goes on an expedition to summit has to pass through this region as the next generation of climbers to remember that everything we enjoy now and get to do is because of those who have come before and it is on us to look ahead and how are we setting a foundation for those that will come after us. We just climb up to that big boulder on the top. And we're surrounded by these snow caps on either side. He's got this like enter into his gates, right? Yeah. We are entering into just this presence. Thank you for this team that you assembled before time began. 
uh, for a purpose before time began. And we, we really do pray that uh, today that we'll have a lot of fun, a lot of laughter, that our hearts will take us the whole way, um, and that we'll do this for the children. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We help plant a church in the coastal region of Ecuador and Esmeraldas, um, where the entire community was displaced because of a tsunami and the government moved the entire community out to an island and abandoned them with a promise to, uh, we'll come back and we'll rebuild the city and when it's done, we'll, we'll, we'll bring you back to, to the coastline. And it was four years later um, and no work had been done. Um, they were just left and abandoned. An entire community that said, you don't matter. You know, it broke their heart. And as soon as we heard about it, Kelly and I were like, we need to go. You know, they kept asking us uh, over and over again, why would you come here? Why would you come thousands of miles to an island that is forgotten? It was beautifully teed up to just share that, um, with them how much that God loves them. That's why. That he, that he loves me, that he saved my life, but that he loves them and he can offer them new life now and for all eternity. You know, we went back a few years later after the church uh, community had grown and the actual physical structure had been built and now there was a potable water that was now available to them and there's education resources available, available to them and health resources available to them. And, and I took a team down and was able to see um, the kids we sponsored and the families we met and, and to just see life. The government still hasn't taken them back, but the island has hope and the island has life and there is joy in their eyes. And um, there was a boy that we met there named Luis and we gave Luis a, a large bag of candy because he said that's what he wanted. Um, so we're like, okay, we'll give you candy. Instead of keeping that candy for himself and his six brothers and his mom, he took that candy and just gave it out to everybody in the community, to anybody he could find. And when one of the women in the community asked him, like, Luis, why are you doing that? You know, your padrino, that's what they call us, like your padrino, like a godfather, like he, he gave you that gift. Why would you give that away? It's because uh, my padrino taught me that, you know, we're blessed to be a blessing. And he blessed me with this, so I want to bless others with it. If somebody who has nothing can get that concept, what if all of us who have so much could get that? Imagine the impact we could have. That day that we kind of turned the corner and there was that big rock which with Everest Base Camp, you know, just suddenly all the aches and pains, all the, they just all kind of disappear and you get this exhilarating feeling of like, we've done it, we're here. And it was, it was just incredible. It was just such an amazing moment. And uh, it made all that hard work and those hills and that huff and a puff, it made it all worth it. That final day getting to Everest Base Camp was kind of incredible. I was completely tapped out. And I remember Nancy came along uh, way before that, just said, 
I think you're gonna make it because you have grit. She was the first one to meet me at the top, give me a big hug. I, I wouldn't have changed anything, you know, about the experience, so. We did it! It was very challenging making it to base camp uh, and some of the side hikes we were doing at altitude, but what we left here was knowing the communities that we're going to be impacting, but, but also taking a piece of Nepal with us. Um, and then lastly, being able to raise funds to then plant, plant churches. So our impact here is not just these three weeks, it's, it's hopefully uh, many generations. So that's what I'm pretty excited about. I just don't deserve any of this, man. None of us do. It's all because of God's goodness, man. Yep. How can I not, you know? Whether it's move to Cincinnati or <laughs> climb Mount Everest and everything in between. When you're dead and he's the only one who saved you, how can you not say yes? That's right. I just want more people to get that. So many incredible things on the other side when you actually sell out to him. He'll take you to so many incredible places if you just let go. How do you put that? <laughs> in a 30-minute message. The team went above their goal to raise over $625,000. While there is much to celebrate with what Stadia will do with those resources to help children, we can't help but wonder, was that the only goal? How many times do I set out to do the work of God only to find out he's much more interested in doing a work in me? When we take some time to get away to a mountain or maybe just a neighborhood park, God tends to draw near. And when we can experience this mysterious nearness of God in the presence of other people, that's a beautiful picture of the kingdom of God. You want us to drink? Hopefully you tea. mean tea. Yeah, <laughs> I ain't drinking. You want us to drink tea? Come have a tea. Come have a tea. All right, I'll have tea.